This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtCloud. Trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide, ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. Use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and even use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. Are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on artcloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is also sponsored by the Sotheby's Institute of Art, which I'm proud to say is my own alma mater. I attended their London campus in 2008. Sotheby's Institute, or as we called it, SIA, has been providing a premier education in art and its markets since 1969. You can join 6,000 alumni like me, whose art world careers are connected through a Sotheby's Institute master's degree. Or you can hone your expertise by signing up for an online course or a semester program. You can experience courses that cover everything from art entrepreneurship to art history. So visit sotheby'sinstitute.com slash art tactic to learn more. That's sotheby'sinstitute.com slash art tactic. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Valentine Blondell, a director at Periton, New York. Gallery Periton has eight locations across the world in New York, Paris, Hong Kong, Seoul, and Tokyo. They represent several well-known artists, including Cause, Takashi Murakami, and Mauricio Catalan. Earlier this year, Gallery Periton moved its New York location to the Lower East Side in Manhattan in a massive 25,000 square foot space. The first floor opened initially, but the second floor and bookstore will be opening this Sunday on November 5th. Valentine, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thanks for having me. First, I wanted to ask you about the gallery's recent move from the Upper East Side to the Lower East Side in Manhattan. With so many different neighborhoods to choose from, why did the Lower East Side make so much sense for the gallery? Um, Well, uh, originally we opened on the Upper East Side because we're interested in having maybe a more reasonable size space. And we also like the idea that people wouldn't expect us there. And then um, when we decided to expand after a few years, we opened in 2013 uh, uptown. And when we decided to expand, we were looking at Chelsea. Obviously, it seemed like it could be a a natural choice, but we realized Chelsea seems like it's kind of the end of an era. It's very difficult to find a nice space there now. So it's really difficult to find a space as nice as, let's say, Paula Cooper space now in Chelsea because a lot of the leases are closing and the buildings that are being built there are luxury condos that don't really have the charm that we liked so much in Chelsea. So the Lower East Side uh, came to us as a natural choice, and we fell in love with the building that we've moved into. It's a landmark building that was built in 1902, and then it was occupied for a long time by Beckenstein Fabric Warehouse. Uh, a lot of people know the building and love it. It has a beautiful facade with this like beautiful traditional lettering on it. So, um, so yeah, we fell in love with it, and it just it's, it it gave us a lot of possibility in terms of architecture and 
combining several spaces. So, yeah. Whenever we talk on the podcast about the Asian art market and the collector base there, oftentimes we discuss Western galleries coming to Asia, whether it's for art fairs or opening up satellite gallery spaces there and what their strategy is and their approaches and what kind of art they're going to show and how much success they have there. I'm curious about Gallery Periton with locations in Hong Kong, Seoul, and Tokyo. What's the gallery's approach been to Asia and how much success have you had there? So we have quite a good advantage is that uh, Emmanuel has had a relationship with Asia since the 90s. He met Takashi Murakami in the 90s, and they became close, and so he kept going, and he really tied uh, relationships with artists and with collectors in Asia in, in really early days. And obviously now we feel like it's important that our, you know, to have our artists participate in this like great new evolution of the art market in Asia, uh, but you know we have this long-lasting relationship, which means we don't feel like we're diving into the unknown. I think maybe some um, some Western galleries feel like that a little bit, and it's difficult to choose what to bring at an art fair, and uh, also understand where are these pieces going. And um, we 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 kind of have a we have that 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 advantage, and we've we've had Asian staff that has worked with us for a really long time, so we really feel like we have these insider views and then um, we have several Asian artists on the roster so a lot of the times those artists will help and be maybe a point of entry in our program and thanks to that we can you know open up uh, to uh, artists that, that don't have a collector base in Asia yet but because it makes sense because they dialogue because the collectors see, see them in our showrooms it's a it's a good way to it's a good good way to, to, to open up our program to, to Asia, definitely. And we've been doing Art Basel Hong Kong since the first edition. We do a lot of art fairs now in, in Asia, um, in Shanghai, in, uh, in Shanghai, in Hong Kong, other locations, Seoul. So, yeah, we opened Hong Kong in 2012, and then we opened Seoul, and now we just inaugurated Tokyo. And uh, it makes sense, you know, our, our team has also grown there organically and they have real relationships with the collectors. So uh, it's, it's really helpful. Auction houses, of course, are the only place where art market transactions are public and those prices, which are available to anyone, have an impact on artist markets. At Gallery Periton, what's your responsibility to your artists as well as to your collectors when artworks by your artists do appear at auction? So we're constantly trying to do our best to sell artwork to people that are going to keep the artwork and that are not going to want to sell it. That's uh, that's a really important part of placing the artwork. And then when the pieces do show up at auction, we yes, we take responsibility. We always try to facilitate uh, our collectors knowing about the auctions and and uh, maybe. Uh, reaching out to the people that we know support the particular artist's career so they can they can um, participate and they can maybe buy the artwork. So yeah, we do we do our best to make sure it, it, it goes well. And while we have you here, it'd be great if you could give some advice to our younger emerging collectors who want to get their collections off on the right foot and avoid some mistakes that maybe some other collectors make. Um, for emerging collectors, I I often say that I think it's better to, to really wait and be patient and get 
the right piece by the artist that you really feel strongly about rather than settling for a piece that um, is uh, is not really the piece that you wanted or is not or is a or you you know letting a dealer convince you that you should buy this piece even if it's a little bit more difficult because the artist himself is uh, is is worth buying I think it's really important to be super enthusiastic about the artist and then be patient and right, wait for the right piece. Better to have a, um, a perfect piece by a, by a very emerging artist than a not great piece by a successful artist. And as we mentioned, Gallery Perotin will be opening their second floor this upcoming Sunday, as well as a bookstore. So tell us a little bit about the second floor and bookstore, as well as the new exhibition that begins this weekend. So the bookstore is really exciting because um, it's on the ground on the ground floor of the gallery and it's directly onto the street. So we're really hoping that it's going to be part of the neighborhood and be part of engaging with the public and with visitors that are not there necessarily to buy art, but just really to visit the exhibitions and and uh, and find information about our artists. So that that's something that we're really looking forward to. We also have a bookshop in Paris. And we've published books um, these past years. We've published quite a lot of books, so so that will be that will be great. We also that's kind of why we went we came to the Lower East Side too because we're interested in the fact that it's not just a neighborhood of galleries. It's kind of it's also maybe reminiscent of how New York was uh, way before we moved here when it was in Soho and it, the galleries were really part of the neighborhood and not just all you know all co- so concentrated. Um, and then for our exhibitions that are coming up, we have on the ground floor of the gallery, uh, Farad Mashiri, who is an Iranian artist that we've worked with for a very long time. He works with um, embroidered beads on canvas. It's going to be a very beautiful, uh, minimal show. And then upstairs, uh, we're going to unveil our second, second floor gallery with Gabrielle Rico, who is a younger Mexican artist who works with uh, a lot of found objects and um, makes uh, sculptural compositions with them. Well, both the bookstore and the new exhibition both sound really exciting, and our listeners who are in New York or who will be traveling to New York should definitely check out the gallery. Valentine, thanks so much again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This week's episode of the podcast was brought to you by ArtCloud and the Sotheby's Institute of Art. ArtCloud's trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide. Its all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and even use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. So if you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now at artcloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. Sotheby's Institute of Art has been providing a premier education in art and its market since 1969. I didn't attend Sotheby's Institute of Art in 1969, but I did in 2008 on their London campus. And you can join over 6,000 alumni, just like me, whose art world careers are connected through a Sotheby's Institute master's degree, 
or you can hone your expertise by signing up for an online course or even a semester program. You can experience courses that cover everything from art entrepreneurship all the way to art history. Visit Sotheby'sInstitute.com slash art tactic to learn more. That's Sotheby'sInstitute.com slash art tactic and tell them we sent you.